chapter 15 Second <coughs> Chronicles chapter 15 in verse 1 and the spirit of the Lord came upon Azariah the son of Obed and he went out to meet Asa and said unto him hear ye Asa and all Judah and Benjamin he can learn to play keep on playing it was catching on very good she's in training and he went out to meet Asa and said unto him hear ye me Asa in all Judah and Benjamin, the Lord is with you while you be with him. If you seek him, he will be found of you. But if you forsake him, he will forsake you. For a long season, Israel, the nation of Israel, hath been without the true God and without a teaching priest and without law but when they were in their trouble did turn unto the Lord God of Israel and sought him he was found of them and in those times there was no peace to him that went out nor to him that came in and great vexations were upon all the inhabitants of the countries not just Israel a nation was destroyed of nation, and city of city, for God did vex them with adversity. God did vex them with adversity. And then to Asa he said, Be strong, Asa, therefore, and let not your hand be weak, for the work shall be rewarded. And when Asa heard these words, and the prophecy of Obadiah, the prophet, he took courage and put away the abomination of idols of all the land of Judah and Benjamin, and out of the cities which he had taken from Mount Ephraim, and renewed the altar of the Lord that was before the porch. He renewed it. And gathered all Judah and Benjamin and the strangers with them out of Ephraim, Manasseh, out of Simeon, for they fell to him out of Israel in abundance when they saw that the Lord is God was with him. They saw that the Lord of God was with him. Verse 12, and they entered into a covenant to seek the Lord God their fathers with all their heart, with all their soul, that whoso would not seek the Lord God of Israel should be put to death with a small or great with a man or woman. And they swore shouting unto the Lord with a loud voice, with shouting, and with trumpets and cornets. And all Judah rejoiced at the oath, for they had sworn with all their hearts and sought him with their whole desire. And he was found of them, and the Lord gave them rest round about. Lord, thank you one more time for your word. Thank you for what you're doing right in our midst, Jesus. We give you the praise. We give you all the glory. Thank you for what you're going to do tonight. In Jesus' name. Jesus' name. Let me see it. I want tonight 
to ask the question, is Christianity a religion of peace? Is Christianity a religion of peace? I remind you, when God made the earth, everything was good and very good. And the first problem started when the serpent entered into the garden paradise. And in paradise, the devil spoke to Adam and Eve and questioned the authority and the truthfulness of God's word. And because of carnal ambition of Adam and Eve, they sided with Satan. And ever since that time, peace have been taken from man and have never been restored. Fear came upon man that never existed before. When a person backslide, they are afraid to come back to church. They're afraid to come to the altar. <clears throat> not because God is a terrorist, not because the church is a terrorist or executor of God's judgment but there's a fear of condemnation in their heart that makes them hide from God and God asked the question of Adam and Eve why are you both hiding from me in other words why are you doing this why is there a terror in your heart when you hear me coming and then he asked the question did you get involved with the thing that told you not to get involved with and they start shifting the blame well <laughs> The girl you gave me let me do this. And she said, no, it's not my fault. The serpent let me do it. He beguiled me. And you know the, what God did? God cursed the serpent, punished Adam and Eve, pushed them out of the garden after he clothed them. And since that time, peace have never been on earth since. We've never known a paradise experience. You and I do not know what paradise is like. In fact, you and I are the grandchildren of Noah and his wife. You're not the direct offspring of Adam. You're the direct descendants of Noah, Shem, Ham, and Japheth. There was see peace come out of the earth when Cain rose up for some reason at the altar over religious activity and believed he should kill his brother because God showed preference, he thought, to Abel and not to Cain. And God said, Cain, what's wrong? I didn't show favoritism. Your brother did what's right, and I signaled by setting fire of approval. You didn't, and I didn't respect what you brought to me. And he said, you're going to reign over your brother anyhow. You're the first child. You have authority. Well, one day they talked together and anger like a peace wrath rose up in the heart of Cain and he slew his brother the first blood spilt upon the earth and since that time our earth is filled with bloodletting everybody who kill another person is from the spirit of Cain doesn't matter what their religious persuasion is the father of murder is Cain. He first 
killed his neighbor that he didn't even have a cause for doing it but he killed him anyhow and then walked away as if nothing had taken place wiped his mouth wiped his hand when God asked him where's your brother he said my brother he's not my brother am I his keeper don't ask me very rude in response and the Lord said you know what your brother's blood is crying to me every time you shed the blood of a person that blood cries to God amen and so God said you're going to become a vagabond I'm going to put a mark in you and every person who murders somebody have acquired a mark on their life and they've acquired sonship to the devil they become sons of perdition and they become an outcast even though they might still have an altar and be religious and so since that time the earth knows nothing but violence in the fifth and sixth chapter of Genesis says there was no peace in the earth that violence fill the earth it was so prominent and so cruel that God had to drown man that he made because man had destroyed peace that God brought in the earth they killed one another and as they killed each other God said I can't put up with this anymore I'm sorry I made man I'm sorry I put my hands on them and breathed them breath of life and so the flood came and only those who went on the ark survived one family it's hard to believe that a world with an exploding population only one family out of millions of people who were multiplying and filling the earth only one family absolutely a family of eight people a man is two sons his wife and their wives. That's all it's saying. You tell that to a world and they'll laugh at you. But in the land of Turkey, God put a evidence that the ark did exist. And when the ark was finished and landed, and they came out, God said, let's start again. Let's start all over. And God said to uh, Noah, if a man slay another man, that man should be executed. He must experience corporal punishment. Well, our world didn't like the law God gave Noah. And then God gave Moses some laws to augment what he told Noah. And still man didn't like it. Today we're living in a season that's comparable to the time of Noah. Violence filled the earth. The news report about popular, famous men. And by that it means men of renown, men that have more... Uh, fame and praise than even God himself we worship men that we worship call it demagogue men of renown and here we come into the book of Israel writing the prophet concerning a king called Asa how God spoke in his day and said there was a long season when the nation of Israel to whom God had revealed to Abraham Isaac and Jacob the monotheistic teaching of one God and the righteous living to whom he gave Moses the law of the Ten Commandments and Levitical priesthood and the tabernacle plan and the festive seasons 
and making them peculiar people above all people on the earth because in chapter 10 and 11 are the origin of nations. Every nation on earth can find their origin and their fathers and ancestors in chapter 10 of Genesis, out of which Israel also came. And God said they have somehow disbanded the true God and they're without him and they're serving the God of the heathens. And so God just said, okay, you don't want me, by." And God left him alone. You know the story, how Elijah wrestled with them and said, hey, if the God you serve is God, then serve him. Or the God that your fathers knew served that God. And they would not say a word. And you know the, the contest at Mount Carmel, how he found that Elijah won the battle because Baal couldn't worship and did what they asked him to do. But God did respond after 64 words from a true man of God. Minority does not mean inferiority, as the world wants you to think. And so, majority doesn't mean you're right. It just means that maybe you're all going the broad way and the wide gate and going down to hell. That's what it might be meaning. Amen. And so, we see here Asa is faced with a situation. It was backslidden, and the altar of strange gods and, and high places are everywhere. And he said, look, man, I've got to change all this. He was going to cut them down and go back to the original true God of David and Abraham. And God told him why there was problem. God said, the reason why, in chapter 15, Second Chronicles says, the reason why there's no peace in the land, no peace in the earth, because there is no true God, there is no honest, truthful priesthood, the laws of God is absent, and... The altar is dug down. The, the temple of God is closed down. And so what happened? There's no peace to him that go out or him that come in. God said the reason why there's no peace because there's no God. There's no truth. And the people are vexed upon all the inhabitants of the earth. If Israel is not right with God, you mark it down as worse with the world. Israel is God's people, no matter what anybody tells you. When Israel is not living for God, then the world is not living for God either. And the sins of Israel can hasten God's judgment on the world. Because judgment must begin with God's people. Otherwise, he can't judge the world. The world is going to say there's favoritism here. And so God's telling Israel why there's no peace in the world. Why city are destroyed of city? Why nation and racism is rampant and, and brutal and cruel and savage? And God's telling them why there's adversity to all people. And he said the only remedy for this terror that reign at night and day is to bring back the true God. Bring back the true worship. Bring back what originally was at Genesis chapter 1. Absence of that, there will be no peace. There will be continual vexation upon all the inhabitants of the countries of the world, and nation will fight against nations, and kingdoms against kingdoms, and it says they will have vexation because God who is the king of peace, backed out. And now they're on their own, and God said they're going to destroy each other. 
Now it's no coincidence that Jesus Christ, 700 plus years later came, and repeat the same sentiment. In the book of Matthew, Jesus said, Nation will be destroyed of nation. Kingdom against kingdoms. Wars and rumors of wars everywhere. Pestilence, the earth rebelling against humanity. Animals attacking us. Their fear is gone. And there's no peace to any person. In fact, he called it the great tribulation coming, such as was never since man was on earth. What is happening to our world today? The fulfillment of prophecy and the, rep the repeating of an historical malaise. We are doing the same thing. Now, for a long season, this earth is without the true God. Our Bible in North America and in Europe have been looked upon as a hate literature that's literally taught in university. Sociologists and psychologists will tell you that you go to church, you go there to be condemned. They'll tell you the Bible is hate literature. They call uh, discipline a child, uh, uh, child abuse. They call Jesus' name in blasphemy every day. They reject the teachings and the life of Jesus. The Ten Commandments is banned on all levels of existence in society. Schools are not even allowed to repeat 23rd Psalms. They can't sing in a song to Jesus Christ. They can pray, but not in his name. Amen. They can pray to any other God except Jesus Christ. And all the Christian values that we used to and built our society on, they are rejected. The family is redefined. It's dysfunctional and truth has fallen down in the street. If you live holy, you become a mocking stock, a prey, a ridicule, whether by satire or by cartoon or in the courts or wherever you go. You are ridiculed. Injustice is seen everywhere. We see uh, outcomes given to the highest bidder. The people are, the people, the poor are, are stomped on and the rich just make uh, more riches at the expense of their fellow citizens. All right? Children are robbed of the knowledge of Jesus. They're not allowed to be taught in school the Bible. But they can read any other book, any other religion, but don't mention Jesus. Don't go there at all. And going to heaven as a hope of the Christian faith is mock. And sports become their love pleasure more than they love God. Church is empty and stadiums are full. And we find we got preachers, bishops, and priests, and men of religion that will become hirelings. They see the wolf coming and they will take off. Or they become pacifists. Appeasers are political Christian correctness and they will become soothsayers, prophesy smooth things, and will not ruffle the the membership of the congregation because the world's telling them change your doctrine or lose us. Join us or forget us. And so they bought into it. And so what we have here is the parable of the mongoose and the snakes. One country tried to kill all the mongoose and said they were a problem to their farm and they killed them all only to find the snakes multiplied and was killing their kids. And we wonder why our kids are on drugs why they join radical religion? 
why they go to extreme cultic practice that practice genocide, murder, suicide, homicide, and all these different sides. Because it's like gangs. Your kids and my kids only join a gang because they're looking for a godfather. Looking for a father figure. They're looking for a mother figure. A place of acceptance. A place where they can express themselves. And so we have religion who discover that and offer them a quick trip to paradise through, the, through murder, through crime, through bloodletting. And what we're seeing is the spirit of Cain rising up rampant in our society today where we kill our brothers and walk away as if nothing happened. As if we're not answerable for the death of the woman just killed or we don't have to answer to God for what we've just done. We justify ourselves. Now, church, you hear me. You're living in that time, and we don't know when you personally will have to face the apocalyptic horse riders. But they are riding towards us, and they're moving in our direction. And the world calls them sleeping selves and lone wolves, and that's right, wolves are here to scatter the sheep. And that's what they'll do. <coughs> if someone don't sound the alarm, the watchman's supposed to be on the wall, and see the enemy coming and blow the trumpet. But if the people hear the sound and do not make any move towards even self-preservation, then they're going to be in trouble. All right. And so we find there's a mockery going on. So think this. Is Christianity uh, a religion of hate? Now let me give you some background here. Symbolism means a lot. Otherwise, people wouldn't have them. People wear a beard and mustache and sideburns and they wear rings and, and they wear all these symbolic chain around their neck. There's a reason why they do it. It's not from God. It's Babylonian practices. It's Hittites and Perizzites and, and Ishmaelites. You know, Ishmaelite by a ring in his ear. You know, uh, African by a uh, mark in his forehead. Knife mark. And, you know, a Jew by phylactery. Amen. And they all got this symbolism. And so that's why our church don't believe in the symbolism of our world. Now I know Christians fight to keep it because they're, they're, they're half-baked like Ephraim. Ephraim is a half-baked you know a cake half-baked cannot be eaten. It's gooey-gooey and we've got gooey-gooey Christians <laughs> that you can't fellowship with. They're half they're, they're half-baked. They're not fully baked and you can't work with them because they'll corrupt you because they, you won't change them. They'll change you. That's always happened. You take your good son and daughter and put them in a bad school, and I promise you, your kids come up bad. Because they don't want to be, what? Different. And the world knows that we don't want to be different, so they force their, uh, their fashion on us. Even though the fashion of this world passed away. Preachers won't preach holiness. They won't preach sanctification. They won't preach separation. They won't preach modesty. Because they know the people don't want that. They'll see abomination before their eyes and allow it. And as long as the choir make noise and sing good, but the golden calf is still staring at them. Amen? And so we've got our Babylonian custom that we buy into. But as for me and my wife and myself, we don't want it. When I get knowledge, my life change. When I get information, I change my dress code. When I get information, I, I, I change the way I attire myself. I didn't know before, I did in ignorance. But once I get knowledge, I change. 
Some people are never going to change. And we say, okay, you don't have to. But on the wedding day, God will take care of you. They didn't change the wedding garment. Hello, you got the wrong garment on, he'll throw you out. So, and that's what I want to raise. We don't have the right to do God's work for him. We're witnesses. You're going to find that. Now, here's some things to remind you of. In 2 Chronicles 15, 3-6, the world today is in that exact position. That is the problem of terrorism. That is the reason why we got alcoholism and drugs. The government, rather than deal with marijuana, they legalize it. Rather than deal with homosexuality, they legalize it. One time in the DSM-4, it was a, a deviant behavior, and now it's an okay behavior. What we're seeing here is an appeasement of the mobosity called democracy. Isaiah 9, 6, they do not want the Prince of Peace. They deny that God has a family. They deny the Son, deny the Father, deny the fact that incarnation took place, and so they said, away with him, crucify him, give us a thief, Barabbas. Give us a mongrel. We don't want nothing thoroughbred. All right? And so they told my wife and I one time early in the city here that I'll always be alone preaching to my wife and myself. And I said, well, welcome to the club of Noah. I don't mind joining Noah's club. I'd rather be at Noah's club than Ahab's group. All right? And so Hebrews chapter 7, verse 1 to 4, talk about the king of peace. This world has a God. His name is not Jesus. But the Bible says, the God of this world, the devil. Satan is the God of this world. Small G-O-D. <clears throat> he's not really God. He makes himself God. But he's not God. He's not eternal. He's not omnipresent. He's not omnipotent. He doesn't know everything. But he's worshipped as the God of this world. Read chapter 13 of Revelation. <coughs> and look how they worship him. He's called a beast. Now, church, what comes to mind when a, a human being sees a beast? Fear. Terror. Why does God depict Islamic countries as beast-like? In Daniel chapter 2. Why is... Daniel terrified by the image he sees. Why is John terrified by the image of the woman he saw? And the, and the, and the, and the and her arthritis. Why is he terrified? Because human beings don't normally terrify other human beings. But animals do. You come across a, a, a lion, you be terrified. A bear. A leopard. You'd be terrified. And if you come by a, a, a beast that you can't describe, that you know he's got iron teeth and claws of brass and tongue like a serpent, he's a monster. He's in the fear. And yet these are end time symbolic kingdoms of this world that will come upon a world that means in the time of their reigning on earth, fear will be rampant. 
That's why God tried to comfort his Christians. says, let not your heart be troubled. Let not their fear be our fear. God did not give us the spirit of fear. But the world is fearful right now. The world don't know which news to print. They're happening too often, too fast. The world realizes they cannot control what's taking place because they're not dealing with a man, they're dealing with spirits. Falling one-third demonic spirits in the abyss ruled by the Apollyon. Huh? The devil. So the spirit of Cain is with us, the son of perdition, or the spirit of Judas, the man of perdition, or the man of sin. Huh? Coming out of Asia by now. Now, when you look at Daniel's image, chapter 2, does that bring calm to your heart or fear? This long, tall, colossal, horrible looking thing. Bring fear. In Daniel chapter 7, when you look at the symbolism of the lion, the bear, and the leopard, fear. So it's okay. It makes sense. If in the latter days they're going to reign, then they're going to reign and bring fear. And fear hath torment. So we're living in a tormented society. Government are at their wit's end. I'm trying to tell you, we are living in an age where people despise government. People despise laws. It's called antinomianism. The whole purpose of, of democracy is to have a lawless society where the people is the voice of God. Rather than God's voice to the people is the voice of the people that are gods to God. In other words, taking God, the world away from God. Now, why does God refer to Rome, the fourth kingdom, as looking so horrible? Look at it in chapter 2, chapter 7. Because, you see, Rome in the Bible is symbolized as a wolf. I don't like to see a wolf by myself. Romulus, which has reference to wolf, Jesus said, when the wolf come, the sheep will be scattered. It happened when Rome took over the so-called church in the third century A.D. And Paul foresaw that and said, when I'm gone in Ephesus or in Turkey, that what? The wolf would come. Again? Is that right? And scatter the flock. Now you see, folks, I'm telling you, these are, these are symbolism of terror. We're in an era of terrorism. But where love is made perfect, there is no fear. And only God is love. But love in our world as wax cold. Huh? Therefore, when love is wax cold, it gives us what we call perilous times. When evil men and seducers would wax worse because love wax cold. They can stick your eyes out, cut your head off, amputate your hand, and like Cain, Walk away as if nothing happened. They can kill his brother and go have lunch after her. Let nothing happen. 
blow a plane up, and then go have a lunch sandwich. That's what Cain did. And what happened to his mother? Nothing happened. What kind of image would come to you if you see a red dragon with wings, ten horns, and seven heads? Wouldn't that generate fear? And yet these symbolism are permeating our world, permeating our kingdom. And these are emblem of spirits. Have you seen someone demonic? Do you embrace a demonic person? No. They generate fear. Their eyes are glossy. They are unbecoming. Now the psychiatrist act like he can deal with it, but he can't. Because he himself got the same problem. Hello? Now, how will you respond to a serpent, a flying serpent, or a beast with many heads, seven heads, one body, and having all the cyclop appearance of a bear, a lion, a tiger, and all this fear? So you see, our world, as we get further and further away from the knowledge of God, we become more linked with the beast of the field. Now, was it a mistake when God said to the king of Babylon, which is Iraq today, I want you to spend seven years in the open world from your kingdom, and I, God, going to give you the heart of a beast for seven years. How long will the Antichrist reign? Seven years. What is he called? The beast of the earth. And God said, after seven years, I'll bring it back from that. Think about it. Think about it. There's a man that God's going to give a heart of a beast. Revelation 13, talk about it. The beast of the earth. You say, well, I don't believe that. Well, Judas, it says, and Jesus gave him up. And the devil went in his heart. And he became the ambassador of Satan. And handed Jesus over to whom? The mob. But don't forget other times in the Bible when God changed another man's heart, called Saul, to make him a glorious king, God gave him a new heart. What I'm trying to say, the heart of the king of this earth is in the hand of God. Pharaoh, I raised you up to do what you're doing. Hitler, I raised you up to do what you're doing. He said, I don't believe that. <laughs> hey, look, man. Stalin, I raised you up to be what you are. And Churchill, I raised you up. Every leader in the world, God set kingdoms up and God take them down. Because the heavens rule. The earth does not rule. Now, terrorists is of God. For the scripture must be fulfilled. Jesus will be sold for 30 pieces of silver. It had to happen. Now you're going to blame God? The potter has power over the clay. He can make some men to vessels of honor and some of dishonor. For example, in Daniel 7, God gave that big old terrible lion 
the heart of a man. In other occasion, he can give that same kingdom the heart of a beast. That's why God said, I'll give you a new heart, a new spirit. So we are in a time where peace is taken out from the earth. Slowly, but surely. The police and the military cannot shoot devils. They can't shoot satanic spirits. Huh? There are one third of angels that fell. And you can't shoot the invisible. But the invisible can assume the personality of human beings. And I believe right now, just like we're filled with the Holy Ghost, people are filled with unclean spirits. And just like the Holy Ghost makes us lead us into all truth, Unclean spirits lead men to all error and violence. To do things contrary to nature. You can't lock up Satan. You can't lock up Gabriel or Michael. But they can sure provoke us to anger. And they can make us do terrible things. That's why the Bible said the Christian has a greater power in us than he that's in the world. Otherwise we become used of Satan also. God said to Ananias and Sapphira, how did Satan get into your heart to do this? Because if Jesus in you should stop the devil outside of you. How did he get in? Oh church, you don't understand the times you're living in and where you're headed my friend. We are the generation that will see the coming of the Antichrist and the coming of the Christ. Perilous time is not coming. It is here. Huh. It's here. Satan knows the time for him is short. God's doing a quick work and the devil's doing a fast work. And a collision of worlds, a collision of spirits. Huh. You're blessed, church. But this pastor's talking about it. I'm going to tell you right now, most of my brethren ain't talking about nothing. I like the apostles, the Bible said, when they grabbed Christ to crucify him, they were shocked. They weren't paying attention to what Jesus was telling them, trying to tell them. Now, folks, you know, the Bible lets us know John was on the Isle of Patmos, and in Turkey, which is Turkey, Asia Minor. Creed's a little bit off. I mean, Patmos a little bit off from that area. And uh, the Lord told those seven churches their future. It all came to pass. But in every case, it said that Satan's seat was in the midst of what's going on. Pergamos was the seat of Satan. I don't know if you know it, but every city, every country, Satan has a seat. Satan wants to govern. And where rules of constitution are written and government there are, Satan is right there. In the midst of that, he provoked David to sin. And he can provoke Adam to sin. And he can provoke your prime minister to do crazy stuff. He can provoke your parents to do mad stuff. And your teachers. And your lawmakers. 
And he does do it. Because of the devil that deceiveth the whole world. You can't tell Harvard professor that he's deceived. But at Pompeii, they tell me, the, 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 the astrologers and the prognosticators told them nothing going to happen. But this thing we know it was reduced to ashes. They died. <laughs> Earthquake and, and the puffing on the ashes says, you're in danger, boys. Problem's coming. And they perish. Now, it says, the woman was drunken with the blood of the martyrs of Christ. Amen. You will not find anywhere in the Bible where Christians are responsible for the death of unbelievers. It is not possible. Now I know you can bring me your history books, but don't forget who's writing history. Not the victims. The victors are. There are two sides of the story. The one that writes the book and the one that you haven't heard. And between those two is the truth. Hello. Now the question I want to ask you now, church. They said our Christian Bible is a book of hate. I want to ask you, where in the Bible, in the New Testament teaching, Jesus Christ, I'm talking about Christianity, Christianity start in the New Testament. There's no Christianity in the Old Testament. It's Judaism and Moses' teaching. The law was given by Moses and grace and truth came by Jesus Christ. The book of Hebrews tells that Jesus Christ is better than angels, greater than Moses, superior to Aaron, and such like. Very book, great book of comparison. Where in the Bible did Jesus ask you and me to go buy a sword, a machine gun, a baton, a knife, a bomb, or home blown up devices where did God promise you that if you blow yourself up you go to heaven where did God promise you that to get to heaven on a fast track you can kill somebody who disagree with you where can you show that in your Bible can you show me one time in your Bible you're authorized to stone somebody or hang somebody or shoot somebody or even, or even kill an adulterer. Or even shoot a fornicator. Or decapitate a homosexual. It's not done. It's not done. Christianity teaches blessed are peacemakers. For they shall be called the children of God. Any religion that says there is no children of God is false. Who said, Great peace have I given you, not as the world giveth, give I unto thee. Who breathed on his disciples said, Peace. The old advocacy of his beginning and ending is about peace. 
Who said I came not to destroy life, but to give life? Who said to us, the weapons of our warfare are not carnal? In other words, we don't go buy knives and batons and kill people. But they're what? Mighty through God to the pulling of stronghold. Who said to us that wars come from, from lust and flesh and the works of the flesh? They let us know that there's no prophet born of a woman equal to or greater than the man Christ Jesus. I won't talk about Jesus Christ today as a prophet, not as God, but as a prophet. Moses says in chapter 18, The Lord your God shall read the prophet like unto me, Moses. Like unto me. But we learn at the Mount of Transfiguration, Jesus Christ is greater than Moses. How does Christianity compare to other religions and their founders? After all, it was in Turkey and Antioch where they gave the name Christians. The name Christians didn't start in Jerusalem. The name Christian didn't start in Rome. It was started in Antioch, right there in Turkey. So even though Turkey may try today to distance herself from Christianity, the origin of that name came from there, Antioch, Asia Minor. How many preachers know? How many saints know that? How many Muslims know that? That the name Christianity begun in Antioch, where it was a multicultural church. In Jerusalem, for the first umpteen years, it was all Jewish only. And they brought Paul down, Barnabas, who was born in Antioch also from Cyprus, brought Barnabas, brought Paul there to teach. How many of you know that Paul was a terrorist one time? Paul was a terrorist who terrorized the church. And how many of you believe that terrorists can be saved? Because Paul was a terrorist. He compelled them to blaspheme the name. He killed people in the name of religion. Thinking he's doing God a service. Thinking he's doing God a favor. And God made an example of him for future terrorists. And tell them, you're not doing me a favor. The people you're killing are mine. And you're the will of God. And God says, you're persecuting me. And I said, no, I'm not. I'm fighting for you. He said, no, 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 you're not. The people you just stoned while going to kill and murdered and executed and give corporal punishment, they're mine. He said, what's your name? Didn't say Allah. So my name is Jesus. Who are you persecuting? You're persecuting Jesus when you persecute his believers. He said, what do you want me to do? He said, on a street called Straight. There's a place in, the, in, in Turkey called Straight, a main street, which from, I uh, think, east to west, and it's called Straight. Go there, and, and in the a guy called Simon, you'll find a guy who will talk to you today what to do. Hello? I mean Judas, sorry. Judas was, was his name. He said, he'll tell you what to do, and he got converted. Now, folks, I'll write some things down here. Let you know, Jesus didn't give us a hate religion. There's nothing about Christianity that's threatening to our governments. This church is not a threat to our community. This church will never be a threat to the governance of Canada or the United States or to Europe 
or to any political party because we're not politically minded we are ambassadors of Christ we're not politicians we don't have any agenda except the salvation of man knowing the Bible are we taught that we should execute capital punishment on anybody who blasphemes the name of Jesus Christ it's not allowed anybody can blaspheme Jesus Christ and their sins be forgiven they're not allowed to be executed on those circumstances the prophet Jesus Jesus said he judged no man and condemned no man nobody was condemned to death by Christians and by the way I know when you say Christians people think of Roman Catholicism no that's the wolf that Romulus who stole the name Christians and attached to it Catholic being universal but it's a Roman church I'm not talking about Roman Catholic they're the, they're the fourth kingdom with the iron teeth and the nails that stomp and destroy and kill and the history shows it in Fox's book of Martyr that's not us never will be us Jesus said he came to seek and to save not to destroy the life he rebuked the disciples who said call down fire and burn up who? those who rejected his religion those who rejected his teaching Peter, James and John said call fire down burn up the Samaritans he said, you don't know what spirit you're of. You're of the devil. I'm here to save lives, not take lives. Jesus Christ forgave all men of sins. Nobody were allowed by Jesus to be stoned, even the girl taking adultery. She was not put in a pit and then stoned. She was not stoned. Jesus challenged all to prove that he is a man and in a sin in his life. In fact, Jesus taught, feed and love your enemies. Huh. Jesus was a righteous and holy man and portrayed that and endorses that. They said, never a man spake like this man. Paul said, I find no fault in him. He's a faultless prophet. No fault in this prophet, Jesus. His name is above all other names because God gave him that name which is above all names. Jesus was above all the angels. They, he's worshipped by angels, by wise men, and by his believers. Jesus said, I just know men because vengeance belongs to God, not the followers of God. The followers of God are not allowed to execute anybody. Not with guns or swords or by suicide, bombing, or any kind of that matter. You don't represent God. Because God said, Thou shalt not kill. Understand what it says. And Jesus Christ said, The devil is a murderer and a thief. So, and where there's murder, there's thievery also and plunder. All right? Jesus reject Peter using a sword to defend Jesus Christ the prophet Jesus told Peter I don't want you to defend me with your sword put it away 
He rebuked him. Jesus is the prince and the king of peace. Amen? He taught to love your enemies. Jesus never overthrew or tried to resist the Roman government. Didn't one time interfere with their politics. Never said one word against Caesar. Never tried to replace Rome. He says, my kingdom is not of this world. I'm talking about true Christianity. He said, do vows to no man. Jesus Christ did not risk the authority of government. He paid taxes. He submitted to Pilate and Herod and all those men. So they have to confess there is no fault in this man. He never lifted up a sword. Never cursed a person. Never condemned one. In fact, he fed his enemies. Clothed them. The only thing that was terrified by Jesus were devils in the spirit world. And Jesus always left demented lunatics in their right mind. And we clothed and give leprosy a distant chaste and give man back purity of self. Jesus spilt his own blood. He's the only conqueror that spilled his own blood to win the world. Others spilled the blood of others, but not Jesus. He conquered himself to conquer the world. Nation, when he reigns, shall not lift up sword against nations. what he said. Right? Nor kingdoms. And then his Bible, the Word of God, have no place in it where you can find any any inkling or any suggestion or any mild appearance that you can use that to go kill your neighbor next door because they refuse to be a Pentecostal. You cannot go and take revenge for Calvary. You can't go attack Rome with a bomb for killing Jesus. You can't go gas the Jews because they crucified Jesus. You can't do it. You can't curse anybody in that situation. He never shed the blood, neither him or his believers or his followers. Jesus is the only way. is the truth and the life. But he debased it with nobody. And if you chose to disagree with him, he says, fine. He said, will you go also in Christianity? You can leave Christianity and don't suffer capital punishment. You will not be flogged. You will not be persecuted. He said a message, except to eat my flesh and drink my blood. You can be my disciple. And 3,000 walked away from him. He drilled down to what, 12? He did not order their death. He didn't send a mighty army after them. He did not say... Kill them. Kill those infidels. No. He just said to those who remain, Will you go also? And then he said, I chose you all. When he's a devil. Christianity don't have no hate literature. Christianity does not promulgate an overthrow of government or coup d'etat. We're not terrorists. We don't advocate violence. We are a nonviolent people. 
or a leader is such and said, follow my steps. Christ didn't ask you to carry the head off your oppositions. You should carry your own cross. Not carry the, the head of an, if an infidel. He said, if you're going to sacrifice, sacrifice yourself on the altar of a living sacrifice, because he will not be the minister of the dead, but the living. Christ glorified life, not death. Death to Christ is an enemy, not a wedding. He called an enemy. Christ called that. He died for all, and does not require all to die for him. He killed no one, enslaved no one, punished no one, beat up no one, and he tolerated infidels and allow us freedom of choice. I'm the way, but you don't have to come this way if you don't want to. He, he, he said, there's a Broadway over there and a wide gate. Choose who you will serve. That's Christianity. There's nothing offensive about Christianity. That school should outlaw its practice. Or its Bible should be looking for the late hate literature. Or children should be kept from it when the Bible says, suffer them to come to me. Not take them from me. You see, I understand why North Americans and Americans are going to the Middle East for what they're doing. Because it offered them something. Because their government took from them the only hope they had. The truth. And left them without God a hope, a faith, a belief, and they found a cultic practice in the Middle East that offered them something, even though it's not true. A drowning man will grab even at a straw to save himself. And those people do not kill and murder because they're wicked. They're trying to inherit eternal life by a bloodletting cause that's not true. No, this don't make me popular. I will never be on YouTube a famous guy. Could even probably lose my life over this. So what? We're still true anyhow. All right? Christianity tolerate infidels. It allow me freedom of choice. I don't have to fear tonight an apostle, a prophet, a teacher, an evangelist come with a sword to kill me tonight in my sleep because I didn't accept Christ as personal Savior. God set men free, not enslaved them. Nobody in the church will receive 1,000 lashes because they draw a picture contrary to Jesus or criticize his name or blaspheme his name. God doesn't need to fight for him. We believe like Gideon. Gideon's father told Baal worshippers, if Baal be God, let him fight for himself. Why are you going to kill Gideon for insulting Baal? If Baal is really God, let him sit and fire her and, help and, and fight his own battle. But why are you doing it for him? Jesus said, put the sword down. He that live by it shall die by it. 
You cannot slap me in the name of Christianity. You can't do it. You can't hang me in the name of Christianity. You can't burn me to the stake in the name of Christianity. You can't do it. Christianity gives life. It don't kill people. It resurrect people. It don't maim people and cut off their wrists or their hands. It, it, it restore people. You don't dig their eyes out. It restores sights. Don't strip you naked and clothe us. No killer can't inherit paradise in our heaven. There are no 72 virgins in heaven for anybody to marry if you kill me or somebody else. For number one, in heaven, you need a male or a female. Number two, Jesus said you're not given in marriage or taken to marriage. So there's no such thing in heaven. Hello? And the Bible says, except to be born again the one of the Spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. It doesn't say you can kill somebody. Except you're born of the one of the Spirit, you cannot enter the kingdom of heaven. Amen. Jesus Christ. Amen. Reject all forms of bondage. Amen. Now, we know that God is God. God's the Spirit. I'm going to believe that. Church, you're living a time where there are religions that ask you to abandon your faith and accept theirs or lose your head. You don't lose your head, you're going to lose your salvation. Read to the seventh church where it says, Don't deny my name. Huh. You see, we've never been put on a test and trial. And I thank God we don't have to. Paul says, You have not yet resisted unto blood. So you can sit there and look at me like I'm crazy, but you don't know what tomorrow may hold. Who's the authorized force to take life? Did God ask you to fight for him? The only battle I know we're going to fight is in chapter 19, Revelation. Amen? It won't be a tank and jet planes. Revelation says the armies of heaven coming down. God said, I'll fight for you. Not in the reverse. You don't fight for God. He said, vengeance is mine. I'll repay you. You don't go around paying, take, take, you know, kill backsliders or apostate people. He didn't do that. He said, he said, Leave the tares unto the hand of the what? Harvest. Church, you know what I'm taking to you? It, we're told. Let me talk over again. Take the message. Number one, God said, He'll fight for us. The battle is the Lord, not yours. Number two, vengeance is mine, God said. I'll repay it. Not you need the repayment. I don't want to do it. Number three, it says, Leave the tares alone. I will deal with it when the harvest has come. It's not your job to pull those tares. He said, our weapons, number four, are not carnal, but they're mighty through God. In other words, you don't stab people to death. You don't blow yourself up and blow people up. You don't, you've got a service, you go to hell over it. After death comes judgment. Number five, he said, we wrestle not with flesh and blood. Huh? But against principalities and powers and rules of what? Darkness in, in, in high places. Right? Peter... James and John were rebuked to ask God through Christ to bring fire down and burn up non-believers. He said, don't do that. 
Amen. All right? In Christ's kingdom, nations shall not lift up sword against nations. It won't happen. Amen. When Christ reigned, the Bible says, nation will beat their swords into plowshares. Not make more weapons. Their gross national product will not be used on making more bombs. You'll say, well, my nation is bigger than yours. Look, look how many airplanes I got. Look how many jeeps I got. That don't make you great. That make you more cruel. Amen. When Jesus Christ reigns, and we will reign, we shall not learn war anymore. Think about it. But until then, the horse rider the apocalypse are here. Got to deal with it. Now, we know religious extremism didn't start with ISIS or with Rome or these modern day religious fanatics or extremists they call them. They don't want to call them barbarians. So you use fancy, nice word, extremist. But really they're criminals. Murderers. So God called them. Amen. When Herod killed all those babies, what was he doing? Was he of God? No. Jesus suffered them to come to me. Right? They wanted to stone Jesus. And he blasphemed in John 10. Is that right? In Acts 7, these fanatics, they stoned Stephen. All he said was, here's your history. Here's what you did. You made a mistake. Turn around. And they gnashed it with their teeth. <coughs> Kicked up dust. And murdered him. Of which Paul was the ringleader. In the name of religion. In the name of God. Acts 9-1. We brought terrorism. In the Bible. Terrorizing Christians. There's no record where Christians ever terrorize anybody, ever stone anybody, ever execute anybody. It's a peaceful faith. You can't go in the Bible and find any, any scripture that allows you to do murder tomorrow. It just don't exist. Yet in other religions, you can find scripture that could easily be misinterpreted to mean go kill infidels. Yes. And those who kill in the name of their religion, that's how they understand it to read. It's not that they're evil, that's what they think their leader wants them to do to inherit eternal life. And they want eternal life. Because which man never said they want eternal life? When they die, they want to go to heaven. What do you think? They want those virgins. They want paradise. They want their sins not to be held against them. And we hope they're right, because it's not right in the Bible. At Lystra, they stoned Paul. What was his sin? He healed a man. He healed a man. When Paul got converted, nobody got murdered anymore. Nobody got stoned. Nobody got whipped. In fact, he got whipped. He got stoned. He's now become the lamb to the slaughter. And the sheep before the shearer. It reverse. If any man is in Christ, he's a brand new creature. Put up your sword and put it away. 
The only sword I know is the Bible. The Word of God. Can I see your hand out there? Church, I'm telling you, we are living a time. Your government is fearful of evil and seductive men today. Your country is in fear. More fear than you know it. They can't protect you. They, they, the enemy is just too much. It's too much for them to cope with. They can't shoot them all. They can't kill them all. They can't get rid of them all. There are too many. Right now we got one million people wanting chains. Seven billion people. One billion people want to make their fate the fate of the world or get rid of us. Where they are the only one on earth and that is their goal. Right or wrong, that is their goal. Because their teaching teaches them that. It's what they believe. Acts 16, we see the spirit of intolerance. Was not Christian being intolerant? Christian said, come on, let's reason together. If the Lord be God, then serve him. If Baal serve him, we'll just serve him. Do what's right. Do what you think is right. But we won't kill you for it. We still love you regardless of what you do. It was Elisha who put blindness on the enemy, the Syrians, from the Asia Minor. And someone said, kill them. He said, no, you won't do that. Feed them. Clothe them. Dress them up. Not buy a butcher knife and cut their heads off. That's not peace. That's cutting us to peace like we're hamburgers. Amen. We are living in a generation that have invention of evil things. Their minds are on evil continuously. Christianity, they say we're no earthly good sucking us off the earth. Well, we're the one holding back judgment. But we don't have the right to pronounce judgment on people. We can only tell it's coming. We tell people judgment is deferred to when you die. But they try to do it right now for God. And we say, no, no, no. We don't judge you. God judge you when he comes to the time. We leave you for God. Live out your life. Do what you want to do. But after death comes judgment. They say, no, no. We're going to make sure you die now. We're going to cut your head off. In Nigeria and some of those countries, people got, you know, different missing parts of their body because they, they made a mistake or they sin or they're caught in, in illicit sex or, 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 or adultery or fornication. They stone some of those who are lucky to survive. But they're mutilated. Their eyes are plucked out. Their hands are cut off. That's not what Christianity is. That's not brotherhood. Jesus said to Christians, Do unto others as you would like them to do unto yourself. That's what Christianity is. It's a message of love, not hate. Can you hear amen? Is that true or not? Amen. Now, in Ephesus, Paul went now and taught it. He just simply taught the doctrine even the town clerk have to, have to confess. These guys are not robbers of churches. They did not defy your temple. They didn't even touch your God. All they did was just preach Jesus. Now, I dare show you to preach Jesus in parts of Africa and the Middle East. And see what happened to you. Go on the street and see what happened. You will not live to see your family next day. You'll be dead. And yet, in Christian nations, people, people from those strict 
laws are seeking refuge among Christian nations. Most refugees come from countries that practice Sharia law and they're running from it. And yet when they come to Christian country, they demand Sharia law. Women run from it and when they hear it's coming to Canada, they get upset. Right or wrong, they get upset. They say, you want to bring us back where we run away from? And yet we got Canadian kids who don't understand Sharia law running away from Christian laws because they've been taught that we, we teach hate literature. They've been taught that we teach abusive teaching for kids where we beat kids and whip kids with a rod. And they teach that the Bible is, is draconian. So now they don't hear about God. They don't know what Jesus is. Don't understand the freedom they have come from a Judeo-Christian belief system of liberty. And they want to go where people are running from. Now there's something wrong. I told you before. In the Caribbean I saw pigs run into the slop that was hot. And got their nose burnt. Run screaming. And while they're running from the hot slop, others are running towards the slop. Not paying attention. That Why are they running from it? run into it it's not our kids are radicalized no they're looking for a paradise not promised by politicians but promised by religion because man was made to serve a God and no matter what you do with him he will find a way if he can't find the right way he'll create one if he can't find the true God he'll make one up but he will serve a God. And so we got false prophet ready to fill the gap. Because Satan don't care how you go to hell. He doesn't care what religion you are, whether you're Pentecostals, Catholics, Baptists, Jehovah's Witnesses, Muslim, Islam, Shinto, Sikhs. He don't care what you are. Just don't find truth. Because I want to see you in hell burning with me. Go to the church of your choice, but make sure it's not right. Do what you want, make sure it's not right. Kill all you want to. But in chapter 11 of Hebrews 35, 40, church, I'm talking from my heart. I'm trying to help you, church. I don't care about politics. I'm not going to try and crusade the world. I'm not here to go change the world. But this is my world. This is my ministry. I'm talking to you. They can do what they want outside the walls. I don't chastise other people's kids or other religion. That's their problem. But I've got a right to tell you what I know is true. In chapter 11, 35 to 40, Christians, rather than fighting and retaliating and killing and using weapons, look what they did. They were tortured, refused to recant, they were mocked, cruel mocked, they were scores, they were sawn asunder, they were crucified. Mugged, lied upon, tortured, fried by politics, Jews, and religions that didn't like Christianity. Because Jesus taught us 
you shall be hated of all what nations for my name's sake it just so happened we worship a God who they hate now look at yourself they say we believe in Jesus it's not the same Jesus we know they have a subordinate Jesus and I'm going to show you in a minute here is that right, folks can I go on I hope you can stay with me because, you know, let's face it, it's your salvation. You need knowledge. This is a Bible class. The beast was given seven years to be like a beast. The man was. In chapter 6 of Revelation, they were slain for the word of God. In chapter 2 of Revelation, verse 13, they were martyred in Turkey for the name of God. In verse 10, they were cast in prison. In chapter 17, in Rome, and in Byzantine kingdom, as well as in the Ottoman Empire, they drank their blood. It run like a river. They were beheaded during the crusade and other advocacy in the name of religion. The history of Christianity is martyrdom, bloodletting. That's why Revelation God says, I'm going to give the world blood to drink. Since they love blood, I'm going to take my church off the earth and what? Give them blood to drink. Turn the seas and the rivers and the lakes into blood. Jews stoned people. Rome crucified them. Islam behead them. My Bible tells me the last before Christ come would be a lot of beheading of Christians. The only people I know behead Christians are who? What religion behead Christians? Who go on YouTube with knives and being it and show you we're going to cut your head off. Who does that? Come on, false aid. I'm not afraid to say it. Muslims. Oh, guys who profess to be Muslims because there's a group called the moderate Muslims say that's not us. That's fine. But there are people who say they're Christians who are ordinary Christians. Right? They said those guys don't represent us. And fine. I'm not arguing with them. That's what they said. But the fact remains that pictures of guys whose bloodletting hurting people. You know, in uh, Africa, this harem group, nine-year-old girl, dropped bombs on her, and revolt to detonate her. Can you imagine the human body splats all the place? Can one person kill himself so he can kill 500 and call it a harvest? And call that harvest a wedding departure? Well, this happened. But why? It's all because the promise at the end is good. You said those people are evil? To me, they want paradise. That's what they want, paradise. And they're told us how you get it. In other words, they're robbed the knowledge of Jesus. To read the Bible is an insult to them. It's illegal to witness to a Muslim. Personal by death. Honor killing. If a Muslim gets converted to Christianity, they must die. Mom, father, sister, brother must kill them. That's why it's said. It's believed that way. So it's hard to convert one. And yet some do break away and do it. In Christianity, you can leave Christianity and become a Muslim. And I promise you, your mom and dad won't kill you. Your father won't stone you. They'll wonder why you did it. That's it. End of story. Trust is yours. But it's not reciprocally equal. The moving of it. 
And you ask yourself the question, Jesus had 12 men. There were not 12 bank, 12 gangsters like Al Capone. No. These 12 men, Simon Peter was crucified and upside down in Rome. James the elder was beheaded by Herod. John died naturally in Turkey. They tried to kill him, but he, he survived, like Jesus promised. Andrew in Asia was crucified. Philip was martyred in Neropolis. Nathaniel was flayed in Armenia. Thomas was killed in India. Matthew killed in Ethiopia. James the left, last crucified in Egypt. Jude martyred in Persia, which is Iran. Simon Zilotin was crucified. Judas committed suicide. Matthias martyred them in, in Ethiopia. And Saul was beheaded in Rome. Well, see, but not one of them killed anybody. That charge cannot be laid against them. They did not overthrow government. Didn't subvert government. All they to preach and teach. The only weapon they had was their reasoning. They reasoned the word of God. They were like lamb to the slaughter. They were among serpents and scorpions. That's where Jesus Christ sent them in all the world. Their adversary was the devil, not people. They faced tribulation and trials and temptation, fiery trials. They were in scorched. They were mistreated. They wandered around in sheep clothing. They did. And I said, we must not think it's strange if the same thing happened to us. Think about it. All right? There were peacemakers. They're called the children of God. And they're pure in heart. And they shall see God. Before I close, I need your permission for about 50 more minutes. If that's okay with you, I want to talk to you here. It's important we understand that we, we are being killed around the world. Christians are being killed around the world. Believe it or not, are being literally killed around the world. Beheaded, scourged, imprisoned, and have no defense at all except to run. They're being killed by many religious groups. And we are forbidden to retaliate. We have to turn the other cheek. If you do anything different, God says, you're not mine. Ask you to walk a mile, go two miles. They want you coat, give you a cloak also. We're pacifists. We don't carry weapons. So we're not a religion of hate. We're not perpetrator, amen, of intolerance. We tolerate unbelief. We tolerate backsliding. We tolerate gays. We tolerate lesbians. We tolerate fornicators, adulterers. We tolerate witchcraft. We don't go judging them. We leave that to God. We love everybody. Whether they're Muslim, Islam, Catholics, we're taught love. For without charity, we're nothing. And that's what our leader taught us. That's what we do. Yet we are accused of the contrary. Here in this building, the authority will walk in here with impunity and just step all over us. Yet they will not do it to a Muslim mosque nor to a Catholic church. You know why? Because we're not violent. We're easy prey. It's like those drug, those drug, uh, druggers in the states. They know who to catch and who they don't touch. Al Capone was always safe. 
but the guy on the street down in outers they arrest them all the time they were easy prey but the big shots they never touched the law is twisted look symbolism Jesus Christ is symbolized by the lamb you know what I mean innocent non-offensive right Islam is symbolized by the crest of the moon and a star in 570 was the birth of their prophet in 610 his vision started in a cave in 622 he preached in Mecca in 622 he fled to Medina in 624 he won the battle at, at Mecca against the Meccans in 625 he was defeated uh, and in 630 he recaptured Mecca and then he died in 632 then his relative Abu Barak how you pronounce his name to cover and they put together the Quran which is his writing Muhammad never saw that book but his writings and what he had the vision are in that book then they murdered that guy and then Ali came on and they murdered him too so the fourth caliph is Ali now as a result of this murdering going on here we have Sunnis which are the original and the Shi'is which are the Ali followers the Ali followers believe that the, the successor to Muhammad must be a direct descendant of Muhammad and those that belong to Sunni believe he should vote in his successor and they fought over that and they're now divided over that so they have no they have no real leader to, to bring the two together and they're hoping that Turkey will do that Turkey's called the grandkids of Ottoman Empire Turkey have a unique position half in Europe and half in Asia if, if it's not going to get into Europe, it must come through the auspices of Turkey. Because Turkey is sitting on both sides. Otherwise, they will never get to Europe. So they're fighting now to bring a caliphate in Europe. It's not going to happen. But the peaceful way to do it is come through Turkey. And that would be a deception. It's like, it's like the Gibbonites in Israel. Are you with me? Now, the Quran, all right, uh, came into existence in Islam because they said. Christianity and the Jews corrupted and changed the word of God and changed God's message so God sent their prophet uh, Mohammed to talk to us and so that's what they teach that's what they believe now they have a right to believe what they want to believe do they? but so do we have a right to believe what we want to believe without fear they should to serve what they believe without fear, and so should we. Is that correct? That's fair game. Now, I'm trying to show you. It is believed that Islam fought against a, tr a trinity doctrine, but then deep teaching will show Arianism and Islamic faith have a lot in common. Arianism is the reason why Trinity came into existence and it brought a lot of problems in Europe and the Byzantine Kingdom as a result a council in Nicaea was brought into existence and they end up with a, a doctrine called the Trinity Muhammad fought against that and said monotheism which in essence is correct monotheism means one God right now we hope the God he means the same as the Jewish God now they speak Arabic so to them Allah means God in Arabic what else can they say about Allah 
and we hope that's the God of Israel because in Daniel, the book of Daniel uh, the, uh, all the Arab countries are in the book of Daniel chapter 2, 3, 4, 5, and 7 right? Iraq, Persia right? and so on and they always say that the God of the Jews is the God of the true God so the Muslims will tell that Abraham and Adam and all those guys were Muslims well that's their prerogative that's what they believe but look at this here folks so we see here the Arians believe that God of the Old Testament is not the God of the New Testament Jesus Christ and say God cannot be a human being God has no family God has no son God has no mediator to God and Jesus was just a prophet a man adopted the baptism that's what Arians believes it's similar to the belief of Islamic faith Islam believes the same thing that Jesus Christ is not God just a human, just a human being God has no family, God has no son, God has no intermediary, and Jesus Christ was just a prophet, da, 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 a good man, a messenger. Islam believe that. Roman Catholic believe that Aaron is wrong and believe that Jesus Christ is both uh, in the Old and New Testament and come up with a trinity doctrine, which I won't go into right now. Are you with me? And so they said that, so to the to the uh, Islamic faith, Christianity is personified by Ro Roman Catholicism, right? By which we have uh, the, you know, the, the the Templar and, and and jihad and all those. They fought many battles. Finally, they defeat each other, and then next we know they defeat the Roman Catholic Church in the East, right? And put the Ottoman Empire into existence. And Byzantine shifted to uh, the West. The papal system and remained that way till General Allen B. 1917 uh, defeated Ottoman Empire and gave Jerusalem back to Israel. And today we have the war since then. <coughs> now, there, there are many, many inquisitions which Christians were not involved but being persecuted in all these wars. Inquisition between the Spanish Armada and trying to defeat England. The jihad is what the Muslim fought against Roman Catholicism and others. And the crusade is, 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 is are the wars they had against Muslims. Okay? I'm not going to detail here. True Christian teaching, as mentioned to you a while ago, true Christian teaching, there are nine fruit of the Spirit. None of them involve violence. They all imply put away your sword. You do not run evil for evil. And it talk about loving your enemies. It talk about uh, bless them that persecute you. Give way to violence. No murder is allowed. You can inherit the kingdom of God by killing anybody at any time. You must forgive a person one day, seven times seven, not amputate their hand and give them capital punishment. It says pray for those who abuse you and misuse you and revile you. Bless the peacemaker. Bless the peacemakers. Love one another. Do to others as you would have them do to you. Follow peace without which no man can see God. All right, but Islam teach Islam, the radical one they call him anyway. Let's call it radical. Radical Islam, they said, you're so going to give a hundred lashes for insulting anything on their faith, beheading is part of capital punishment, amputation for stealing, uh, and for adultery, capital punishment for any disagreement with the with the iman or the article of faith, right? And so we believe people believe, not me, but people believe there are three levels of Islamic faith the peaceful Muslim, that's the one 
after every crime is committed, these guys rise up and say we're, we're a peaceful religion. After every atrocity. So this one calmed the world. Right? And the, the world chose to believe that it's a peaceful religion. But in the news, we're hearing beheading, flogging, right? Stoning, shooting, executing, and all that, right? So you, you believe what you want to believe. And they call it extremism. Rather than call it barbarism. Okay? Now, church, Islam will not tolerate the existence of any other religion where they are in power. No Islamic country where they're in authority and power will allow any other religion to be practiced. None. And when the Ottoman Empire took over Byzantine, they, they built their temple are there a mosque taller than, higher than the churches to prove that they were superior? Well, the latter part of their kingdom was very, very bloodletting. Many people died in, in Turkey. Read, read history of the war of the Armenians. Read it for yourself. A million died. Look at this, folks. Their relationship in the world, Christian in the world, and I don't mean Roman Catholics, because Roman Catholics are known, are no better than Islamic extremists. They're the same. Rome had 30 years of murder and it was plundering and killing. Even killed Muslims too. Slaughtered them. <laughs> killed Jews also. Now they're kind of tamed today, but they got the Jesuits who carry their, their weaponry warfare. Alright? Now look at this, folks. So, adherence to the book of Acts and the Epistles, I call Christians. They are not a threat to society or to our non-believers. Christians are not a threat to governments or others in their beliefs or to other religion or persons or person or to politicians or educators. We just don't carry arms to kill anybody. We're just peaceful people. We leave judgment in the hand of God. We don't fight for God. We condemn none for God. We're called to give life, not take life. Islamic, the extremists, they said, are involved in terrorism. That's what the world says. They behead people. Well, they publish it on tubes, in the paper. They got jihad, which means struggle. That also means war. And they take revenge for their profit, something Christians won't do. And capital punishments is allowed for infidels insulting the prophets converting from Islam to another faith or discrediting the Quran or the Hadith or in disagreement with Islamic faith or criticize Islamic beliefs or educating girls now these are in the news I'm not making that up this is common knowledge that these things are happening my point I'm making to you is Christianity is not involved in this Christians are the lambs to the slaughter we're being slaughtered. And we have no defense except run. That's what Jesus said. If they persecuted the city, run to the next city and save yourself. But don't start killing other people as they're retaliating. Now, I was in one country where they with the guys about machine guns and they said they're going to defend themselves. Well, I didn't tell them what to do either way. I mean, they know what they're doing. But they said the churches were burnt down. And the guy shot me a big cut across his belly. How they tried to kill him. 
And so uh, he said an angel saved him from being murdered. But he said to have service, they had to have people out there with guns to protect their building from being burned down while they're in there. We have students who came here who told us they were in a building where they tried to torch it while they're in there. And God mercy saved them. Here's the founding. Christianity is looked upon as if we just got started. They call us freeloaders last night. <laughs> we call us freeloaders, right? Around flattering names. That's okay. You're not allowed to curse back. <laughs> but that's all right. In the founders, Christianity was founded in 30 AD, 33 AD. Islam, 622 AD. The place, Jerusalem for Christianity, in Arabia for Islam. The founder was Jesus. The founder is Mohammed for Islam. The language is Hebrew and Greek and Galileans. For the, for the Muslim, it's Arabic. The followings are called Christians, and the followings for the others called Muslims or Islamics. All right, the book is the Bible for Christians. It's Quran or the Hadith for, for Islam. The laws, the law of liberty, Christ's law of liberty for Christianity, and under Islam is a Sharia law. Salvation for Christian is you must be born again in the water of the Spirit, Acts chapter 2 and verse 38 to 40, tell you how to be saved. For, for the, for the uh, Muslim faith, you must abide by the five pillars of Mohammedism. All right, the, 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 end, the end result of your salvation for Christian after you're born again is paradise. For jihad, you must commit martyrdom to go to paradise. It's a fast track, otherwise you'll be weighed in the balance on the last day in the balance. And if you're doing bad, you won't go there, you go to hell. The leaders for Christianity is Jesus Christ, fivefold ministry. Our ministers called apostles, prophets, pastors, teachers, evangelists. For Muhammad, they're called Iman. The last one that comes is called the Mahdi, which I'll talk about later on. And the symbol of Christianity is the dove. Four are the lamb. And four, Islam, is the crescent moon or the sword. God told Ishmael he lived by the sword. Ishmael intermarried with Esau, and they both lived by their sword, based on what Isaac told Esau and what God told Ishmael. They both lived by the sword. All right, non-believers are called sinners by Christians, and by Islam they're called infidels. The response to infidels, we seek to convert infidels, and Islam said they must be destroyed if they will not accept the Islamic faith. They must be destroyed off the face of the earth. That's what they believe. Come to a close here. Stay with me, please. The books of Christianity is what Jesus Christ authored, and while he was on, on earth, they wrote about him. And Muhammad is men wrote about him. Jesus gave us the Torah, our New Testament book. Muhammad gave them the Koran. Jesus focused on the New and the Old Testament and talked about the family of God. Muhammad gave us gave them the Hadith as the word of Gabriel that was given to him while he spent his life in a cave. Jesus gives the beatitude, the grace, the law to live by, and there's no violence in there. Sharia law, 
they use this to carry out capital punishment, corporal punishment, etc., to different people who commit certain acts contrary to Sharia law. Jesus uh, believed in free will conversion, so will may come. In Muhammad, you must come, or you'll be resisted. Come by force. You must, otherwise you die. When the Ottoman Empire was in play, Christians were allowed for a while to practice, but they charged them a tax. Then they changed that and began to rid them from Turkey and all those countries. That's why Christians are minority in those Christ in those places today. They're driven out by Islamic soldiers. All right, Christianity thou shalt not kill, and Islam said if you have to kill for Allah, it's good. You go to paradise instantly and get a great reward in heaven. All right, Jesus believers are called peacemakers, but jihad means struggle. Jihad means struggle. Islamic faith. All right, Jesus allowed backsliders to take place and also bring them back. You know, in, in Muslim faith, you're punishable by death. In Jesus, teaching Christianity, there's one way to heaven. And the, to the Muslim, either you die in the jihad or you live out your life, and then they, you're going to go some other route by being weighed in the balance. Jesus never married and said there'll be no marriage in heaven. In, in Mohammedism, you got 72 virgins if you're a martyr. Otherwise, you may, you may get nothing. Jesus, as a Christian, uh, uh, apostate, are not going to go to heaven. And we, can, we must obey the apostles' doctrine. In Muhammad faith, it's a Sharia law. That's the law. All right? It's called the testimony of faith. Savior. Is this all right? Is this all right? You have to deal with them. They're spreading. And when you're confronted, you know what you believe. And what you stand Because people who don't know receive their teaching as gospel. Because they have nothing to contradict it with. You got the word of God. A savior, Jesus is a savior to the world. Muhammad looked upon as the savior of the world. But Jesus was sinless. Muhammad confessed he had sins. Jesus' name is exalted above odd names in Islam. Uh, Muhammad means to be praised, the highest form of praise, the exalted name, exalted one. Jesus is worshipped. Muhammad, they said they don't worship him, but really they do praise him above all other as a form of worship. All right, Jesus shed no blood. Muhammad shed blood in wars. Jesus killed. Jesus never killed anyone. Muhammad killed in battle. Jesus never had a sword. Muhammad had a sword. He fought. In, in different places. Alright, Jesus, that's with a free will. You're forced to be uh, Islamic and <coughs> you have to submit or die. Alright, Jesus' faith is peace and goodwill to all men, is jihad for infidel. Jesus said in Christianity, uh, forgives all sins except the blasphemy of the Holy Ghost. In Islamic faith, you're executed. Jesus never married. Uh, Muhammad had many wives. 
Jesus' father called Christians. They're called Muslims in the Islamic faith. Jesus teaches the law of grace versus Sharia law. The apostles' doctrine versus the jihad, okay, uh, martyrdom to heaven. All right. So in other words, I'm going to have to obey the apostles' doctrine to be saved. Is this all right, folks? What's the difference? Am I on the last page here? I think I am. I think I'm on the last page. Let's all stand. I'll put it and bore you to death. Do you know what you believe? There's going to be a great falling away. Do you say that in my Father's name? You didn't receive me. Others will come in his own name. Him you will receive. A lot of North Americans are receiving that name in the Middle East. They're bound to that name while they reject the name of Jesus. He says, Him you will receive. In other words, you will have to talk about choice. You will receive it. What name is that name? All right. The basic difference is Christianity is what the wheat of the field. Over here, they're tares. Jesus was. Far as our call to humility, over here the call to jihad. Over here, Jesus taught forgiveness. Over here, capital punishment. Jesus gave us the beatitude. Over here, the Sharia, Sharia law. Jesus gave us to feed your enemy. Over here, says eliminate infidels. Jesus, okay, witness by reasoning. We convert people by reasoning. Over here, compelled by force, the sword. If you agree, you live. If you die, if you don't. Jesus was a peacemaker and told us to be peacemakers. We call children of God. Jihad weapon is martyrdom of people. Put himself to so they can hurt other people. Alright? Jesus, followers, our weapons are not carnal. He's got to live by the sword and their knives to be in their guns. Alright? Jesus Christ, believers, leave judgment to God on the last day. But today, these guys said they can condemn you and stone you. They rise up and stone you. Countries that'll do it right now. In some places, if I were there, they'd probably kill me tonight. Stone you. I say what I'm saying. Jesus followers submit to the he submit to the authorities on earth. These guys resist, and their job is to overthrow governments. They plan to overthrow any kind of government that's not theirs. And, and, and institute a, a caliphate law. So one billion people hope to one day get rid of seven million people that the earth may only have one million people of Islamic faith. That's the ultimate goal. Now you judge if that's right or wrong. But my Bible says the meek shall inherit the earth. The question I asked at the beginning was, is Christianity a religion of peace? And if it is, why are these constitutions in, in Parliament? And why are these schools banned our Bible? Why do they allow an Islamic group to pray five times a day, even in prison, but won't let a converted Christian get in there and pray? How is it, why is it easier for an imam to go to a prison and become a chaplain overnight and a Christian have to go through rigorous whatever to get in? Why? How come the school have made the Koran 
one of the curriculum book, but the Bible is off the reading list. Why? Because Jesus said, I cut my Father's name, you will not have me. Another will come in his own name, him you will receive. You will never have peace until you know Jesus. There will be no peace on earth. In fact, church, this will get so bad that he has to come and stop it. This earth is going to be in, torn apart. I'm going to say to CISIS and, 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 and CIA and all of them, they cannot stop what the devil is about to do to the earth. And they're not able to control devils. This earth is going to be in disarray until God bring back Genesis 1. One. We're seeing the sixth chapter of Genesis. Violence fill the earth. Why? Because God is not in the picture. You can't leave him out and have peace. Children don't know who God is. Never been to church. People, 20 years old, 25 years old, say, I've been to church all my life. And now they're packing up in mosques taking off from their job, flying to Syria, fighting a war they know nothing about. They don't understand. Can't speak the language. Why? They want to go to heaven the best, fastest way possible. But they're going the wrong way because Jesus says, I am the way. Now, I didn't misrepresent Christianity. and I didn't represent Islam or Catholicism or any religion for that matter. I'm telling you how I know it to be true. And if someone disagrees with me, that's no reason why they come and harm me. They should reason with me. Let us reason. Anything less than reasoning is barbaric, savage, in the time of civilization. Hello. If you're right, bring the evidence. Bring the proof. And I say, like Gideon's father, if Baal be God, let him fight for himself. Why do you have to fight for him? Why do you have to take a gun and shoot me to please him? Why do you have to knife me with your knife? Why do you have to blow up my airplane or my ship or whatever I go on just to get me? How did that stop it? If he kill us all, there would be nothing left to believe. And inbreathing is the worst thing you ever have. It brings disease. Are there any questions on this side? <laughs> I just like the look you guys gave me a question on this side. Sure. Okay. Are you scared? Okay. Good question. Are we in the time of the apocalypse? Here's where we are. I'll show you exactly in the scripture where you are. You are actually in Matthew 24. I'm going to show you where you are. Matthew 24. It says, If a man will say to you, is in the desert, don't go. 
because that's Islamic. If it says it's in the chamber, don't go. It's Catholicism. But then it says, it says, where the carcass is, there the eagles shall be gathered. The carcass will reference the body of Jesus. The eagles are the saints going to rise to meet him. Are you with me? Now, it says the tribulation is going to take place. He says to the disciples, there is the beginning of sorrow. Verse 8 is the beginning. That's where we are. We are in chapter 4 of Revelation. And now, the armies that are coming out, I want you folks to notice this, folks. I'm not making this up. Daniel chapter 2. Have you ever noticed? All these are Islamic nations today. This here, Iraq, Babylon the head, mean the Persians, Grecians, gives democracy, and the four generals, Syria, Egypt, uh, the Ptolemy and the Seleucid Empire, and then you got what? The seven churches. Guess who are they? Where are they from? Turkey. Where Paul came from? Turkey. Then the book of Daniel is about Turkey. The whole book. So, right now, right now, the the Muslim Bible will tell you they're waiting for the next Iman, the last Iman coming. The twelfth Iman, I believe it's called the twelfth Iman. We are saying Christ is coming. A lot of their end time predictions, almost like it came from the Bible, but new names change. Okay? Uh, I could say a lot tonight. I don't want to open this all over again, but we're in the end of that situation. Here's where the church is sleeping. <coughs> in other words, 50% of us are not going to make it. No oil, meaning the Holy Ghost. The Holy Ghost. Not ready. Unprepared. Totally unprepared. And won't know what's going on. Said so they will not understand. But if people understand, I'm going to instruct many. I, I'm, I'm instructing you right now. I understand. I'm telling you what goes on. I'm saying it's happening. It's ISIS and all that. Okay. To give an example here, I'll, I'll kind of say something here. The name, the name. Then I meant to show it tonight. I don't remember it with me. But the name that they call in France, if you take the I out, you get Jesus. I'm going to see that. I'm going to see that. Huh? They're saying, I am Jesus. Amazing. Why are they saying that? I am Jesus. Now, it says, this faith are going to come in peacefully with small people and then become strong. How do they come? They call them now lone wolf cells waiting for release. Government at their wit's end. You're not fighting a normal army now. You're fighting powers you don't know and understand. And guess what? You can't threaten these guys with death. 
They love death. They have a covenant with death. You don't want to die, but they don't mind to die. They gladly die. They walk in. <laughs> you know, when Iran and 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 Persia, I mean, and, and Iraq was fighting, those Iranians had no helmets on and run into bullets. We're seeing what happened to Japan. Japan thought they had it so well that they could bomb Pearl Harbor and all those places and get away with it, and then one bomb drop and stop the whole war. It's going to happen here too in the end of time. One thing going to happen and change the whole situation. But right now, Christians, God's going to use this end time to purge the church. The church is going through a purging right now, and it's going to get rougher and rougher and rougher. And those who are not real Christians, it's called a chaff. <laughs> Rough time going to get rid of the false believers. The chaff can be blown away. You see how small the church looked tonight? Look how big it looked on Sunday. I'm not being mean. I'm trying to tell you what's going on. There's a core that is the church, and the rest of us hanging on. But when 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 the when the thrashing takes place, these guys they're not gonna let up. It's either or. It's either or. So we're, we're in that time right now. And the economy is going to crash. It's going to crash. And that's why you should put your money in godly things. Because, you know, some people are planning for gold and gold of, of tragedy down the road. And oil got spoken for in the Bible. Everything is spoken for. The king reigns. Anyway, no more questions over here. That's one question, by the way. Anybody else on this side? Clear as mud. Should we be afraid? No. I want to tell you, we are lamb to the slaughter. True Christians have no defense except run. It says, those in the housetop don't come down and flee for your life because we've got no weapons.